Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, sponsored by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we're going to be covering a topic that's not directly related to NCLEX or nursing school, but it definitely applies to any nursing student or nursing professional out there and many others too. And that is about maintaining a healthy lifestyle as a nursing professional and even as a nursing student. And when we came up with this topic, I had the perfect instructor in mind. And that's mostly because I think of her for just about any topic that we present on the show. And that, of course, is Rhonda Laws, who's been on the show a few times before. To refresh your memory, for those of you who might not have heard her before or might forget who Rhonda is, she's been a nurse for about the last 20 years or so and has been an instructor at Kaplan for about the last 10 years. So she is a fantastic uh, instructor for us and a great source of knowledge for our podcast. And uh, welcome back to the show, Rhonda. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to have you back on the show. I'm very excited to talk to you about this topic. And I believe you've actually referenced this idea of staying healthy before. In fact, you have a, a TED Talk out there where you talked about... Um, mental strength training, I believe. Um, what, uh, what, was, what was that all about? Well, Matt, if you would, first of all, the TED Talk was one of the most intimidating things I ever did. That was so scary because I was talking about something very personal because I'm not someone who just is um, naturally athletic or active. That's something I have struggled with my whole life. And I found myself going back to graduate school to get my doctorate and um, under tremendous stress, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like I didn't have enough time, I never felt like there was enough of me, and I also struggled with my weight. So all my food was through a drive-through, you know, in the dark of night, quick processed foods, and I had gained so much weight, I was uncomfortable with myself, and so I had struggled with dieting, what I called dieting my whole life, where I would, I've been on every diet you could think of, and then I would plateau, and I'd get really discouraged and I would quit. And I just had almost resigned myself that I was incapable of changing. And through some of my studies and research, I decided I was going to give it one more try because my specialty is educational psychology. I really get excited thinking about how the brain works, what motivates us, um, how we go through change, how you replace old habits with new habits. That's what I'm really interested in. And I'm also interested in resilience, how you bounce back from things because I had failed so many times. So I kind of went on this journey while I was in school, much like the nursing students are feeling right now. I was a nurse in school struggling with all those feelings and low energy and having a hard time making it through and feeling like I just couldn't accomplish what I needed to accomplish. And I started looking at how I could really buy into doing a healthy lifestyle. What, what did that mean? And to me, that just seemed like tasteless food and a lot of boring and monotonous exercise. So I'm really excited to talk today about what you can do that it doesn't have to be like that. And you can make small changes in your lifestyle that will make huge changes in how your brain functions and the amount of energy that you have and how you feel about yourself. Yep. And again, for those reasons, that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show. So you were the perfect candidate to have uh, as a guest for this particular topic. So my first question has to do with a lot of what you're talking about, which is the struggle with staying healthy and keeping a healthy lifestyle and maybe the 
the common grievances against uh, staying healthy, if it's the taste of the food or, or whatever else. So why do so many nurses and even nursing students struggle to keep themselves healthy in, uh, in nursing practice or even in nursing school? Well, um, it, it's work. It takes effort to do it. It's much easier for me to go through a drive-through and just pick up something that I'm craving. Another thing that you want to keep in mind is that our brain, when you are draining it of all its resources, craves things like fats and carbs. And you know when you go and get those foods, you actually feel better. So I get an instant hit, bing, I get a buzz, I get a dopamine rise when I eat those fatty foods. So one reason we struggle with that is because we are so stressed for the amount of responsibilities that we have in school and trying to juggle everything. And a lot of people in nursing school are not just going to nursing school responsible for themselves. They've got family members and friends and loved ones and everyone else that they're trying to, to balance those expectations. So the first reason I think it is difficult is because we're out of balance and it is easier to just get quick processed foods that are high in fat and protein because it makes us feel better and they're just more accessible to us. So that's the first thing. Um, it takes planning for a healthy lifestyle. If you live in a city like New York or California, it doesn't take as much planning. It's like I live in Tulsa and we don't have as many healthy options so available to us. So we have to, I have to be a little more creative with that. But it takes effort and it takes planning. And if you've had an experience like me where you just had to, you know, you would tr I would try to eat what I considered healthy, which is kind of funny. We'll talk about what a healthy diet is. But when I started working with someone who helped me with a meal plan, I took in all my healthy foods and they all got vetoed. You know, I was like, well, here's the Greek yogurt. And he, and he said, um, do you see this? 18 grams of sugar in your key lime pie or your banana cream pie flavored Greek yogurt. Don't do that. You might as well go have a candy bar because it was straight sugar. Or I would take my Weight Watcher meal in or my Lean Cuisine and it was like so high in sodium for the day. And so those types of foods that I thought I, I was eating healthy really weren't the best options for my body and for functioning. So I think one of the couple of the main reasons is when we want that instant dopamine burst of feeling good from the fatty carb foods. And also it takes effort and some planning. And sometimes we just feel like I don't want to do anything else on top of what I'm already doing. But I want us to kind of get a feel today as you and I are having this conversation. And I know that you are committed to a healthy lifestyle too, because I've spent time with you and we've um, had some meetings in New York together. So that's why it was really fun to talk to you about this topic. But um, I want everyone to know that I promise you the small investment of time and effort it takes to maintain a healthier lifestyle, not a perfect lifestyle, but a healthier lifestyle, you will get back in abundance in time and quality and energy. And that's coming from someone who's five foot three now and weighed over 300 pounds and is now down to normal weight. So um, you can do it. I am no rock star. I am no superstar. I'm someone who struggled my whole life and the cognitive dissonance we like to call it in psychology between being a nurse and being overweight and unhealthy was really um, difficult for me to navigate because I, I really struggled with that. And that's why I, I had to do something different because I, I think that as a nurse, I, and as a faculty now, I have a, I have a responsibility. We should be models of health. Again, not perfection, but it's hard to teach a patient how to be healthy if I'm not healthy myself, or at least working on being healthy myself. So I think that's a responsibility we have as future nurses and current nurses to role model what we recommend, to walk the talk and what we recommend for our patients. 
Yeah. And as you mentioned, number one, this is definitely a topic that I relate to as well. I, I definitely try my best to maintain that healthy lifestyle. And as you said, it's a lot easier in places like New York or California where, where we are in New York right now. There's literally, I can count at least two organic health food places within a block. One of them is actually in our building. And so so cool. it's, yeah. really, it's really convenient. And uh, part of it, uh, part of the thing that I find really important, which you mentioned, is this idea of motivation. And I know we all have our own personal motivations and reasons for wanting to stay healthy, maintain that healthy lifestyle. But as a sort of general um, idea, what are some of the reasons why a nursing student or a nurse should be motivated to stay healthy? Well, you know, I was always so wrapped up in size because I was so overweight at that height. I was actually five two after before I lost weight, but I think after losing all the weight, they figured that I can now stand more upright and actually the spinal compression from that. So I'm a, a wee bit taller than I was, but at that weight, it was all about size and appearance to me. But as you lose the weight, then and why do you keep maintaining a healthy lifestyle? I had to really do some soul searching because I didn't get that instant reward of, wow, you're losing more weight, you're losing more weight, more weight, more weight, things are changing. So I really started to set out and think, okay, what is it for me? What are the things that I can look to exercise for to help me maintain motivation over my lifetime? Because it does take a commitment and discipline to, to stay active. So I started looking at how can exercise make me a better student and make me a better faculty. And there's about seven areas I would um, want people to consider. The first one is you, create, you grow new brain cells. It stimulates brain growth when you exercise. The second one is you have higher endorphin levels and dopamine and norepinephrine and serotonin. And that's pretty cool because those are your feel good kind of things. And if you want to, we can delve into those a little deeper. The third one is it increases your memory and sharpens your thinking by exercise and activity. And in fact, when students ask me about what's the perfect plan for a day to take the NCLEX, here's what I always recommend. First of all, schedule the NCLEX at the time when you feel your brightest. For me, it's the morning time. That's when I am the sharpest and the crispest, so I would take my NCLEX in the morning. But I also recommend that they eat um, a good healthy breakfast and they do some exercise that morning for the same reason. It will help calm them down. It'll also help them be sharper, crisper thinkers for their tasks. So if I had a perfect NCLEX day, you'd do about 30 minutes of cardio and you'd have a good healthy breakfast and then you would set off for the test. So it helps new brain cells grow. It increases your feel-good things, endorphins, dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. It increases your memory and sharpens your thinking. Um, the fourth one is it improves your self-esteem. When you feel stronger, when you can accomplish things, when you find that you just ran up a flight of stairs and you could still breathe, that's an amazing concept. The first time I walked up the stairs in the gym, I did everything I could do to pretend that I wasn't out of breath, but I was stinking out of breath. And now every time I run those stairs or skip a step at my short little height, um, I remember what it felt like to be so out of breath. And that helps me stay motivated to say, I could have never done this a few years ago. So it'll help your self-esteem. You also, number five, sleep better. So um, <laughs> you don't get enough sleep in nursing school because it's a struggle to balance your time. But the sleep you do get is going to be much better when you do get to finally lay down to sleep. Sixth one is it'll, it'll, it'll increase your energy. 
Um, I know it seems weird that if I put out physical energy, I'm going to get back more energy, but you do. And I've had to learn with myself when um, it's time, when I've scheduled my time to exercise and it's time to go and I think, ah, oh, I'm tired. Maybe I shouldn't go. Um, I don't allow myself that option because I know if I, if I let that drive my decision to be active, then I would be a lot less active than I am. <laughs> so um, going even when you feel kind of tired, unless you're really overtired, uh, when you walk out of there, you'll be more energized. You may not have your killer workout that you've had in a long time, but at least you'll have done something. And I promise you, your energy will be up. And over time, the more consistent you are with exercise, you'll notice a significant increase in your energy. And the seventh one is resilience. That physical activity, when I have pushed myself to do things that I didn't think I could do, it transfers over to other areas in my life. So I can remember what I accomplished physically because I am not the athletic. I never was the athletic kid. I was in the band. I mean, that was my, I was as athletic as I got. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't extremely coordinated in that either. So for me to do things that might come easier to other people, I have to really work at it and to work at the coordination of that. But when I accomplish that, it spills over into other areas of my life. So those would be the seven reasons. If there's anything of those you want to kind of dig into, you let me know. But I think if the biggest takeaway point is if you can see that, yes, physical activity and a healthy lifestyle will really help you um, be stronger and you'll increase your physical health. But most importantly, for long term, over the long haul, it will make you mentally stronger and able to bounce back from really difficult situations. Yeah, and those those at home can't see me, but I am like nodding my head up and down, like real big at every point that Ron is mentioning. Because again, I I notice all of these things, and it's funny that you mentioned that sometimes you have that scenario where you're like, oh, this was a long day, I'm way too tired to even think about, uh, you know, getting up and exercising. But then those are times where I remember, you know what, I'm probably going to have more energy uh, after exercising, which usually ends up being the case, uh, which is incredible. Uh, and that's part of the reason why, and amongst all these seven reasons, uh, and I know Rhonda, you know, you and I have talked about this, but I, I think we both have this, this no excuse policy, um, mm -hmm. where I said like literally the only excuse I can possibly have is if I am physically ill and it is a, would in that case probably be a mistake to go to the gym. But otherwise, if it's just feeling tired or even, you know, feeling a little down, those are the even more reasons to, to get out and uh, even to exercise. I know we've been talking a lot about exercise and a little bit about diet. My question though, before we start diving into some specifics is, are these the only two factors that go into maintaining this healthy lifestyle? Is, is it all just about diet and exercise? Or are there other factors that contribute to maintaining that healthy lifestyle as well? Well, for me, I think the four key things in healthy lifestyle, we've talked about too, activity. And I just hate the word diet. It's so negative to me. So I think about nutrition. So that's, I've had to do that mind switch for me. So activity, nutrition, and the other two are sleep and stress management. So um, those are big ones when you start talking about sleep, and I can be, sometimes it's really hard to go to sleep at night because I think I just want to do one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, and then it makes it harder to get up in the morning. But if you can get in a sleep routine and be disciplined about your sleep, I mean, sleep is so important because that is when your brain health is restored. I mean, you really need good sleep to help you stay maintain when you're awake. So 
how you feel during the day is significantly impacted by the amount of sleep that you're getting at night. And it impacts, it impacts your physical health and your overall brain function. But stress management is the last piece for me. And that's something that's been, that can be a real challenge. I tend to worry ahead. I think about the what ifs, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. I mean, I'm the kind of person that I get on a plane and think, okay, if this sucker goes down, I've got to go up four aisles. I'm going to go out that door. I mean, I'm constantly thinking worst case scenario. And yeah. part of that is nurses training. You know, when I walk in a room, I'm thinking, okay, you have CHF. I know the worst thing that can happen to you is this, this, and this. So I'm watching for these signs. So that's kind of how my brain works but um stress management is just as important as a healthy lifestyle as your nutrition and your activity managing that stress being aware of it challenging those negative thoughts that is just as critically important as the other options so i would say the four most important things to me would be um uh, keeping a balance in my activity nutrition my sleep and my stress management yeah, those are great points. It's really easy to keep those in mind too when you have them listed like that. Uh, and it, it's funny, I'm probably stealing a point that even you would make, but the it's it's amazing how just focusing and improving on one of those areas, whether it be nutrition or exercise or stress management or sleep, can improve the other <laughs> areas as well. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, especially, and don't try all four at the same time. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> just pick one and start small. So let's start with one and, and start small. And okay. I want to talk about uh, not diet, but nutrition. So what does a nutritious lifestyle look like? Um, well, it was, uh, to me, it is radically different than what I was experiencing. Most of the, I think the number one thing, if you wanted to make some simple changes in your life and see a big change in how your body feels is to really start being aware of the kind of processed foods that you eat. If you could look to just cooking your own meat and go for leaner proteins like chicken breast, ground turkey breast, um, fish, which I know is either you either love it or hate it. And then uh, the really lean meats like that. If you went to just cooking your own meat at home and then eat all the fresh food you want, if you would just start there that's a great first step in somebody who wants to change um, how their body is addressing food and getting the nutrients. I'm amazed at how I could be so overweight and yet malnourished because I really wasn't getting the kind of nutrients and things that I need, my body needed to really function at its top level. So when we say healthy lifestyle, that doesn't mean don't ever eat bread again, don't ever have sugar, that's crazy. Um, but what we're saying is, hey, listen, if you're gonna have carbs, which you need carbs every day, try and get most of your carbs from the whole grain kind of things. Brown rice, white rice is okay too, but brown rice is gonna, it's gonna take longer to digest and be good. Some steel cut oats in the morning is a good complex carb for you to have. Um, protein is really helpful. It also impacts the dopamine levels in your brain. And remember that's one of the feel good chemicals. So lean proteins, making sure you're getting a, a, enough of those. Try to, you know, do less egg yolk and more egg white. That's only like 17 calories, but really good protein. Um, doesn't mean you can't ever have an egg yolk, but try and see if you can cut back. Like if you do three eggs, do three egg whites and one yolk on top of that and see if you can do make those small changes. But a healthy diet is going to be um, as much fresh fruit and vegetable more of that and meat that has not been covered in sauces and those types of things. And it will be, it's a palate adjustment, no question. 
But um, once you do adjust to it and get, become used to it, you'll actually find yourself craving that. We went to a um, amusement park for Labor Day weekend, Cedar Point, which that was so fun for me because it was a roller coaster. So, you know, I don't, they had these very nice signs that said, should your physical characteristics prevent the harness from latching, we'll have to ask you to exit the ride. And I was like, wow, that's the nicest way I've seen somebody put that. But I mean, we went on a roller coaster. It was, you know, a 180 degree drop, 95 miles an hour, 230 feet, front seat. So to get to experience that was just really killer. But we ate lunch in the park. And by the time we were ready for dinner, they said, do you want to eat dinner here in the park? And I was like, no, I was could not believe it. I was like, I am craving, which is crazy. I'm craving a chicken breast and some greens. And that is just not would have been normal for me five years ago. So your body gets used to it. You think clearer on it. You know, when you do it, the processed carbs can really slow your brain down and your thinking down and make you kind of groggy and sleepy. So long story short, even though it's been a lot of words, uh, lean proteins that you cook yourself are the best. If you can put in as much fresh fruits and vegetables, if you just started there, that'd be a great way to start. If you're going to do carbs, do them in the first half of the day versus the evening. That's going to kind of just like a simple rule for you to do and drink lots and lots of water. If you can keep yourself disciplined on drinking water, that helps your cells and your enzymes and everybody gets a lot happier when you can keep a lot of fluid in. That's all great advice. I have one follow-up question though, which is how strictly do you need to follow this fresh food diet? And I get a, a specific example, you know, let's say it's your birthday. Do you need to switch out your you know, birthday cake for a birthday fruit medley or, you know, how, how closely or loosely should you follow these, uh, you know, these ideas? Oh, that's a great point. Um, I really struggled with this when I first started because I was like to the letter in the beginning and almost to the point of like, okay, seriously, ease up a little bit. But um, so they called them cheat meals. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to cheat meal. That, that's horrible. And, you know, I was like, this kind of feels like I was in a bad relationship and we broke up, you know, it's like the bad food was the bad relationship. We broke up and now you're asking me to go back out on a date with this person. And I'm not sure I'm over them. It was really weird for me. So I, um, I call those splurge meals and I plan them and that's really all you have to do. It's just being accountable. Now, some of the programs that people have found that work for them, like Weight Watchers, where it teaches you to portion control and those type of things. That's really all you're doing is making educated decisions. So if my birthday's coming up and cake is important to me, which wouldn't be my top thing, I'd want the ice cream part, but <laughs> whatever it is that's important to you, you just plan ahead and you adjust. So it's a, if it's a day that I'm going to have a dessert at dinner, I cut back on my carbs in the morning. So I have more room for that. And I make sure that I, I for me, I feel better if I get a workout in that day. And it kind of motivates me to do it. But no, absolutely. I just call them splurge meals because cheating feels wrong. It feels like I'm doing something really bad. But splurge meals feels like, okay, yeah, that's a reward for me. That's something that I earned and that's something that I got. And I highly recommend that you do it because nobody is perfect you know, you still need to enjoy life and enjoy things that are important to you. You just need to be selective and plan for them when you do them instead of like I was doing just whenever I felt like it, I was eating whatever I wanted. Yeah. I had a feeling that'd be your answer as well. It's uh, I do enjoy those splurge meals and it's uh, important for that balance, as you said, because you do want to uh, enjoy your life as well. Um, not that eating healthy is uh 
is unenjoyable. As you said, it's, it's, you actually start craving those things. You really do. Yeah. So thinking about then nurses in particular, uh, how can a nurse eat healthy at work and a nursing student in clinical, if there are so many unhealthy options or so few healthy options? I mean, you got the, the vending machine right there. How can you stay healthy in, in clinical or in nursing practice? The main way I've found to stay eating healthy in unusual places is to plan ahead. So um, now it's sad state of affairs when a hospital, when you have a hard time finding healthy food in a hospital, but we had a hospital here where everything was fried. The green beans, I mean, they fried their vegetables, everything. You couldn't find anything that wasn't fried. And now they've redone their, they've redone their menu now. So the last time I was there, I got a quinoa bowl. It was actually awesome and really, really good. So it's planning. Um, I always keep, um, I don't know how you feel about protein shakes. I keep those with me in a packet in case I want to mix one up really quick. That will help me stay on the right path. There are certain protein bars that I recommend. I don't do very well with the fake sugars. They upset my stomach. So there's a million bars out there, but be careful when you're looking at the protein bars, if they have more sugar, I mean, a lot of them are just candy bars that say they're healthy. So you want to make sure that you get one. Uh, one that I like right now is called an RX bar. It's just got about five ingredients in it. And while I don't like crave them like, woo, I really want one of those. If I'm hungry, I always keep a couple in my purse just in case that will help me kind of um, deal with the hunger till I can get to something that's healthier. But if going to clinicals, most places will let you pack a lunch and bring it. Um, so I really think the key to in clinicals or working is sadly the planning ahead. So I do at night sometimes I'm thinking, I do not want to pack my lunch for tomorrow. But it's I've just found if I'm going to do it consistently, I have to do it the night before. So in case the morning goes a little awry, I don't have any excuse why I don't have my food with me. That's yeah, a great idea. You talked about planning being one of the barriers to, or not say lack of planning being one of the barriers. So definitely planning out your meals is a great way to uh, effectively stay healthy while in, you know, nursing clinical or in nursing practice. Uh, we did talk a little bit about, you know, we talked a lot, I should say, about the benefits of exercise, but touching on exercise one more time, what does uh, effective, you know, an, an effective exercise look like? Is it, uh, you know, is a certain number of hours a week? Is it, does it consist of certain activities? What, what does it really consist of when we talk about uh, effective, active work? Well, that's a great question because I, um, <laughs> I ended up, but when I first got back into the gym on a consistent basis, I ended up at a weightlifter's gym, which I am not a weightlifter. Um, I mean, I, I do weights, but I, I'm talking about these are the people that lift really heavy things. Like I was next to a guy that was just rowing a dumbbell that was 120 pounds. And I just had to stop and tell him, sir, I am staring at you because you are rowing a person. That's a person, <laughs> 120 pounds with one hand. So it was really impressive. And I was very intimidated by them. So the gym might seem intimidating to you. I was terrified the first time I walked into a gym. I just really went in with, because I had a group on and they had a cardio theater. So it was in the dark and I could exercise. So what I don't want you to think is that you've got to walk in and start, you know, picking up a dumbbell and working, just increasing your activity. If you can shoot for 30 minute sessions of cardio five times a week, that's a great place to start. You think like five times a week is a starting point. 
if you want to see some change, um, you really do need to commit to doing it with a frequency like that. Now, if you have any other issue, like if you're diabetic, type 1, type 2, um, you really need that exercise. If you have some other disease processes going on, which lots of us do, um, you want to make sure that that activity is just going to help you manage those symptoms even more. Hypertension, diabetes, of course. But even if you don't have any of those challenges, if you shoot for about five times a week, if you would just get up and go for a brisk walk. Now, you can do some things while you're walking. If you're just starting, just walk. Don't worry about it. But if you, once you're starting, you can do some things while you're walking to make that walk more intense. You can do some lunges. You can stop and do some things on a park bench. And there's tons of workouts available on the Internet, all kinds of things that you can do. So if you're like, I am not going into a gym. People will stare at me, whatever. If you have those same insecurities that I did, don't start in a gym. Just start small. Start with a brisk walk, not a casual stroll. Something that should make your, your muscles feel warm and that it's a little tough to talk, like you couldn't sing while you're doing it, but you would be able to finish a sentence is kind of what you're aiming for. You might not want to get so wrapped up in heart rate um, elevation because a lot of people try to you know they try to pinpoint their heart and that kind of stuff if you're just starting just get it where your muscles feel warm you feel a little bit short of breath not extremely but you just feel like you're definitely pushing yourself and I would try that five times a week and then you can build up from there that's a great place to start too it does seem intimidating the, the five days a week 30 minutes of uh, of cardio on those five days but that's really when you think about something you could be doing instead. I mean, that's one uh, or even half of a, you know, a show on Netflix. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very manageable when you think of it in a different sense. Um, you bring up a really good point, Matt. Yeah. When I do cardio, I go to the gym now, um, now that I feel comfortable there. And I'm just used to people looking at me, so it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> when, I do, uh, when I do cardio, I kind of have to trick my brain. And as you're stepping it up, it's really important that you guys do intervals and that's just anything that will spike your heart rate. I'm sure you've read about HIIT. If you're doing true HIIT, that's a killer workout and you can only do that for a short period of time, like 15, 20 minutes. And that's, you want to die at the end of that. But if you're, once you start working up past that 30 minutes, if you can look at some intervals where you raise your heart rate and you could do that walking where you could jog a little bit and then stop and then jog a little bit and stop, but that will help increase your calorie burn too. I think by about 20% if you're doing intervals in that, but there's lots of things that you want to get interested in walking. You might do with a partner. That could be kind of fun. But when I do cardio at the gym, he said Netflix. And I was like, that rung a bell for me because that's what I do. That's when I do my screen time. As I said, I've got to be on an elliptical or I've got to be on a machine. And then I can binge watch on that and feel like okay about it. But it helps me distract my mind from, oh, man, this is hard. And you can still do intervals and everything else. But I love some Netflix when I'm doing cardio on a machine. Yeah. See, for me, it's, it's podcasts. Although I, I don't listen to my own. <laughs> listen to this one. That would be a little weird. <laughs> Listening to the sounds of my own voice while I'm while I'm exercising. Uh, but I do love podcasts uh, that I'm you know interested in as a way to pass the time while in car while doing cardio as well. I want to touch on the other two points because we we branched beyond or extended beyond uh, nutrition and exercise to talking about sleep and stress management. Starting with sleep, what are ways that you can improve your sleep behaviors or your sleep hygiene, I should say? 
<laughs> sleep hygiene. That's a weird sounding one. It sounds like you're going to sleep <laughs> in a car wash kind of. Um, well, the, some basic things, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting those full sleep cycles when you're sleeping. So um, regulating the time you go to sleep, if at all possible, as you can try to do that as close to the same time as possible every night, that helps your brain register that it's time for sleep. Um, if you can try getting up at the same time and that'll also kind of get you in a rhythm and that will really help your body, which is hard to do on a day off because for some people, they, that's a real treat for them to get to over to sleep in. So I'm not wanting to take that away from you, but the, as consistent as you can be in your sleep, that's going to be the best for you. The research says that the darker the room, the better and cooler temperatures are better for you in sleeping. So if you can kind of manage the temperature, the noise and the light level, that will also help you get really good sleep. But just as sleep impacts your day, your day impacts your sleep. And the physical activity will help you manage those. And we talked about sleep and that stress management stuff, but um, it, I thought it was phenomenal how exercise changes the neurotransmitters in your brain. Like it makes more dopamine available to you. And that's that feel good one. It makes more norepinephrine available to you. And that's your energy drive. It makes more serotonin available to you. When you have higher serotonin levels, you have higher pain tolerances and you feel more stable and you're more self-confident. You've got those endorphins, which people swear comes with running. I got to tell you, I've never had a runner's high because I know Matt's a runner. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a whiner when I run the whole <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not built for running. It's just not my gig. But I do know the feeling of feeling better. And you can sense these kind of with consistent exercise. But the endorphins, man, they'll boost your mood. They relieve stress. They moderate your appetite. Um, because when all these are low, you're going to crave those really bad foods to get that instant hit. And then you have a drop off after that. But for sleep, uh, the key is consistency. And, you know, not watching Netflix and one more show, one more show, one more show right before you go to bed. Screen time is um, supposed to be really difficult for your brain, too. So shutting off all screens, even though a lot of us can fall asleep in front of the TV, but shutting off computers and not sleeping with your cell phone. Um, try not to use that. They even recommend not using that as an alarm clock. Get an actual alarm clock and don't have your phone um, right with you or in most people, a lot of people have it in bed with them even. So those would be my best recommendations for sleep. Not easy to follow, I know, but that's going to help you get the best sleep. Yeah, I will say real quick about your runner's points. Uh, I do like to run, but I, while running, I do not experience any sense of, uh, you know, <laughs> extra energy or, or endorphins <laughs> or any of that. During the run, it's always a challenge, but then it's the you know, 20 minutes after I'm done that I start experiencing all those uh, feelings that you're talking about. Oh, good. So. Yeah. And you know, that was something I didn't understand before I, by first I started being more active is I just thought exercise was easy for fit people. I thought it was like, wait, no, that's why it's a workout. Everyone you're is doing it right. <laughs> workout. It's not really helping you. So, but I really, I was so naive. I just thought it was like awesome, fun. Like I enjoy eating a little Debbie banana twin. You enjoy running. I thought they were the same thing, but they're not. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not if you're not sweating at the gym, probably not doing something right there. <laughs> so. Oh man, I am a terrible. Yeah, I'm I'm a sweater, no doubt. Not um, <laughs> So then, uh, so that's great. Some great points about sleep. Uh, the last the last thing you touched on was the idea of stress management. So I'm sure, and I know we can talk about this for 
30 plus minutes in itself. But what are some quick tips or ways that you can, uh, for the listener at home, be able to manage stress effectively? Well, we talked about how it already um, helps with those feel-good neurohormones, right? So that helps me have more available to me because the research is, um, there's a ton of research out there on how regular exercise helps with treating depression, anxiety, and ADHD. So those are three big ones. And when you look at nursing students, those are pretty prevalent diagnoses that nursing students um, struggle with and have to face, particularly depression and anxiety. Um, ADHD, we do have medications for all three of these, but the research has really shown that exercise will help you manage those. So if you are depressed, um, stress or anxious, obviously stress management is even that much more difficult. So if you can start to buy into the concept that consistent activity and uh, healthier choices when you're eating will actually help you manage these issues more effectively, hopefully that will help with motivation and making the tough choices when you have to make them. But uh, again, it translates, um, you are, your body can recognize, it's amazing, your body can recognize the difference between the stress of um, working out on elliptical or running or walking or doing whatever you're doing. It recognizes that as a different kind of stress than the stress of, oh, I've got a farm test coming up, or I've got this going up, this going up. And you know, your cortisol levels are impacted differently. There's all types of different body responses that come from the stress of fear and worry about nursing school versus the stress you put on your body in a healthy way for exercise. So for stress management, it increases your neural hormones, the ones that help you feel good and deal with life. You can actually see your body progress. Sometimes it's very slow progression, but when it happens, when you can, when you reach a milestone, there's nothing like it. And it might be something as short as doing a one mile fun walk. And that may be the first time I, I had a friend who started at the gym and she couldn't walk around the building once. I mean, she couldn't run around, jog around the building once. And the first time she did that, it was like we found the cure for cancer. I mean, it was just an amazing feeling. You can't help but be excited for somebody when they see themselves get stronger. And so when you see yourself get stronger physically, you really do feel like you can handle and conquer other things. So Chemically, it helps you deal with stress better, but also mentally as you see things, as you see yourself accomplish things, as you push yourself to do things when you want to quit, when you don't want to do it, when you don't feel like it, when it's hard, um, that really helps you manage the stress. So neurochemically, it helps you manage it. Plus, when you actually see your accomplishments and your achievements, you can use, save those little things to help motivate you. Like, remember when I didn't think I could do this? I couldn't do 50 burpees in a row. Now I can. So I can do whatever I'm having to face now because there really are kind of three levels of fear. And that's something that I really have been interested in because I always felt like there's no way I can do that. or There's no way I can do that. Or why would I do that? And they really say there's a theory out there that our biggest fear is we always think I won't be able to handle it. I can't really do that. And when in physical exercise helps you realize that you can. Because in nursing school, before you start, you think, I got this, man. I did my prereqs. I've worked hard. I've got here. I'm going to be a nurse. And then you hit nursing school and you're like, 
well, what happened? I mean, I thought I was a fairly intelligent person, but sometimes in nursing school, it's so difficult. You begin to really start to question yourself and wonder if you're smart enough, if you're strong enough, if you can last this. And the answer is you can. And physical exercise is one way that you can reinforce with yourself that it's going to be hard and you're going to feel like you can't do it. But in reality, you really can. You just have to keep taking one step in front of the other, keep going, and you're going to make it. It's so true. I always tell people that the first, uh, the first workout or the, you know, the first nutritious meal is the hardest, but then exactly. after that, it gets a little easier every time. Yeah, yeah. And I think runners say the first mile is a liar. You can't go by anything you feel in the first mile. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so then as we're, you know, and we've been talking, I know so much about all these different tactics that you can use. And I think there, there might be some listeners out there who might be feeling a little overwhelmed and even especially those who might feel like they just don't have the time, right? They're in nursing school or maybe a working nurse and have young kids and all these responsibilities and really just can't think of time in the day to dedicate to any of this. So what would you recommend to those folks as the, the first step and the way to really get motivated to work towards this healthy lifestyle? Oh, that's a great question because you're not exaggerating. I, I know it's always so hard for nursing students because their family is like, seriously, you can't be that busy or you have to study again. What is wrong with you? It's like, they're not doing it because they enjoy it. It's because it really is that tough to be in nursing school. So don't be overwhelmed. Imagine me at over 300 pounds walking into a gym, not able to even walk a flight of stairs. I started small. Just getting moving is what you need to do. So start small. You have to schedule a workout though. You can't, good intentions are not going to change your lifestyle or give you more balance. You have to say, all right, even if I'm just going to go and the days I really don't want to work out, I think I'm just going to go and get started. I'm just going to do a few minutes. And then I do those few minutes. I'm like, yeah, I can go longer. So I try to trick myself. I know that runners will do that. They're like, if I can just make it to the next stop sign and then they pick the next spot where they're going to go. I kind of do the same thing with working out, but start small. You don't have to walk into a gym if you don't want to. Start with walking around the block and gradually increase your activity and add more things to that. Make sure you schedule your workout. Put it on your calendar. And if you can remind yourself, I'm going to be a better nursing student. I'm going to be a sharper nursing student. I'm going to think more clearly and study more effectively if I go and be active. Remind yourself that that is just as much an investment in your success in nursing school as it is in studying. And I, we talked about it before. I highly recommend um, my cardio time is a treat. I save my TV shows that I really like to watch. I have the CBS app on my phone. I have those other and Netflix on my phone. And so I save the shows that I really enjoy watching. And I only allow myself to watch them when I do cardio. So it's a reward and it's a treat for me. Those things that kind of keep me going. And another thing, get a playlist. I mean, when I first started, I could only exercise to the beat of whatever my playlist was. So I pick songs that are meaningful to me, that I like the words and I like the beat. And that helps me kind of keep moving at a certain, at a certain pace and a certain rate. So get a good playlist. You got Spotify or any of those other music apps or just music downloaded to your phone. I highly recommend that. Um, another thing that's really helpful is don't do it alone. Find a class. And I have never gone to a class where they were rude. They were always super supportive. In fact, the first class I ended up, my friend talked me into a yoga class and apparently we, we misread the schedule because the gentleman came in and he, he you know, turned all the lights down. I was like, oh, that's nice. 
they do yoga in the dark. I like this. Well, then out came the strobe disco light, and I thought, <laughs> we are not in a yoga class. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we realized this was a hip-hop dance class. And oh, wow. No rhythm, and I was extremely overweight. We were in the back row. I begged my friend to, laugh, to leave, and she's like, nope, we said we're staying. So we're no longer friends. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> The guy would ask us, how's it going in the back row? And I would think, sir, please look away. We're hideous. And at the end, we had to go and apologize. Like, I'm so sorry we were distracting. We thought this was a yoga class. That's so funny. He was great. So even in that class where I absolutely did not fit, I could not hardly do anything that they did. The whole time, the, the people were encouraging. The teacher was encouraging. So don't be afraid of those group classes. Or, you know, even I do a boot camp with the same people three times a week and we've become, you know, kind of like a little family. We celebrate each other's birthdays and everything else because the research is very clear that social support will help you stay active. So grab a friend at school, go walk around your campus at lunchtime or go pick to walk to lunch instead of drive to lunch if you can. Just do those type of things and then look for small ways to, you know, you guys have heard these a thousand times, but I don't take the elevator now. I take the stairs. I don't, um, I try to park, unless I'm late, I try to park a ways out, so I, I end up walking farther, and those types of simple things, but what you want to do is, I struggle with things being black and white and perfectionist, and if I can't run a marathon, then I'm not going to do it, and I've had to learn with a healthy lifestyle, it's not about perfection, it's making healthier choices, am I making healthier choices in my food, am I choosing to be more active? Am I trying to find balance? Am I trying to be more regular in my sleep? And am I trying to be aware of my stress level and my negative thoughts and working towards moving that all back into balance? Am I making better choices or the best choices that I could in the situation? And I really think that's the key. Don't think if you, unless you can do it like 112% then you shouldn't do it at all. No, just make a better choice today than you made yesterday and you're on your way. All really, really great advice and <clears throat> probably uh, a great note to close on because uh, amazingly, it doesn't feel like we've been talking for this long. We've been talking for close to 45 minutes. So wow. for anyone who has, uh, is listening while doing their 30 minutes of cardio, we have exceeded the time that they have. <laughs> That's awesome, Matt. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and I think it's a great note to end on. But uh, again, these, these 45 minutes or so, we've been uh, talking about so many great tips and ideas and reasons to have this healthy lifestyle. And I know you and I could talk about this for hours. So uh, I appreciate you very much uh, coming onto the show, Rhonda, and talking to us about this. And we'll definitely, again, have to have you back because you're always such a, a great guest on our podcast. So thank oh, I'd you. love to. Thank you, Matt. And get out there and make better choices. That's all you need to do. I'm motivated to go for a run right now. So. <laughs> Thanks again, Rhonda. And uh, for those of you who are listening at home, I do have a challenge for you since we are talking about this healthy lifestyle. And I want to motivate you to take that first step today. So I want you to go on to either Facebook or Instagram and find Kaplan and Clex Prep. That's our uh, hashtag or to say our, our username on both of those channels. And I want you to go ahead and post an image of either a, a healthy meal that you are eating right now, or you know, take, your, uh, take a selfie of yourself uh, at the gym or on the run showing what you're doing to stay motivated and to stay healthy. And just go ahead and tag us, Kaplan and Clex Prep on Instagram or Facebook, and use the hashtag Kaplan Nursing. And Rhonda and I are just gonna go and find our favorite image from that bunch. And we're gonna give you a 
content review guide from Kaplan, a drug guide from Kaplan, and even the month's access to our computer adaptive tests. So really going to jumpstart your NCLEX prep for you. And again, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Kaplan NCLEX prep and just use the so you post an image of either your, your healthy meal or a selfie of yourself at the gym or on a run. And for those of you who are looking into NCLEX prep today, I definitely encourage you to visit kaplanursing.com and go ahead and use the promo code podcast10, that is podcast10, to take 10% off of any NCLEX prep product you would like on our site, whether it is one of our review courses or our computer adaptive test or QBank, we'll give you 10% off of uh, anything you like with the uh with that promo code podcast 10. And as always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to our show and tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future prep cast. <laughs>